Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Just Shiatsu podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Zielinski, and today I wanted to talk a little bit about treating the whole body like as a concept and why. Um, I think as I've been studying more intently over the the last few months, I've, I've come to get deeper understanding of some things, and I wanted to share that with you. And express the importance of why we treat the whole body like in a shiatsu treatment you're going to get pretty much a full body treatment and why we don't just focus on the area of concern there can be some dangers with just focusing on the area of concern and actually missing what might be the real cause of the issue but to understand this fully I think we need to go over just a couple concepts in Chinese medicine. So the first thing we probably need to realize is that for something to come in and disrupt the functioning of the body, first we have to exhaust ourselves. So we have to work very hard, you know, burning our resources internally beyond what would be the normal capacity of the body. And unfortunately, in the world we live in today, no problem, right? Everyone's overworking themselves. Everyone always seems to have something to do, and we rarely have time to rest. So this can be pretty easy to achieve in our modern world. So today I am just going to kind of talk. Usually I have some notes in front of me to keep me on a structured path. Um, I'm going to actually just try and talk a little more freely without trying to keep myself structured. And hopefully it seems a little more dynamic and hopefully I'm not jumping all over the place to make sense of stuff. But let's return again to this idea of disease, right? We exhaust ourselves. This leaves room for something to move into the body, right? It no longer has its full expression of energy. It's full expression of yang and yin uh, movement in the body, which allows things to move in. As we know, in Chinese medicine, health is defined by having the proper amounts of yin and yang in the body, which then won't allow anything to enter into any space because it's all filled up with that sort of proper movement. But when we do exhaust ourselves and create these deficiencies on the exterior, this allows things to move into the body. And when these things move in, they can disrupt the flow of qi in the body. But they do follow a specific path of entry when coming from the outside of the body. So when things start to enter the body, they first have to path, path, they first have to pass through the skin. So this is kind of the first line of defense in the body. And we could say it's through the pores opening and closing. So when things get in this first layer, Right. They enter through the skin. They get in this very superficial layer of the body right underneath the skin. It's important to know that when things are in this layer, they can be easily removed. Um, just need to sweat. right? As long as you're replenishing your chi by eating, you can rebuild the chi and it can push it out of the body. Also, when this happens, it's also very subtle. So the way this is described sometimes is that the person won't even realize something has entered the body at this point. So when it's just entered through the skin layer, 
There might be no signs or symptoms other than say someone who's a skilled practitioner in feeling the movements of the body might notice a distortion in that area. But other than that, the person who actually received this influence from the outside probably will not notice the feeling themselves. Once it gets into this layer, it then can start to move deeper in the body. So the way this is explained, when something sits in one of these layers for a while, it then starts to work its way a little bit deeper into the body. So the next layers we could think of are the more deeper vessels of the body or the muscle layer. They're kind of the same aspect. So there's this space in between the channels and the skin where chi can freely move to the outside and back to the inside. And this is where the vessels and the muscles or the flesh kind of are. And things can get stuck in between moving between these layers. This is probably where most um, issues probably get stuck at or sidelined before they start to move deeper. When it really starts to move into the channel layer, these disease states start to get access to the organs. And these are very severe states when things enter the organs and the channels even kind of will reflect even more severe sort of things. So, you know, when it gets into the organs, we're talking about life threatening sort of functions being um, disrupted. And in a common practice of body work, most people aren't coming to us with life threatening issues. So most of our issues are going to be actually in this layer between the channels and the surface. But we can actually influence these layers through the channels. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering why we treat channels, this is why um, the channels actually influence the, the layers in between as well. But it's in these layers where some of the more peculiar, peculiar ideas of disruption in the system start to appear. Um, this is where, where if it's affecting one side of the body, it also will have an effect on the other side of the body. So if you have a disease on the left, you're either going to probably have an excess on the left and a deficiency on the right, right? This is one model of the way it can appear. Another way that this can appear is maybe you have sort of an excess above and a deficiency below. This is another model. And these can exist simultaneously or you could just have one so it's not always left right up or lower right this is why we feel the body this is why we diagnose the body as a whole to get a deeper understanding of exactly how the body is struggling with keeping itself in balance and of course we get the relationships of the internal and external when we are feeling the body we are measuring the external and by understanding the external of the body we also understand the internal so when the external appears to be the issue and it's excessive we know that the internal issues are insufficient right so the body's always in this balancing act between these sort of dynamics but we don't exactly always know which dynamic it is right off the bat so we have to feel the body as a whole, right? So this is part of why we do full body treatment so that we can understand exactly how things are moving through the body and how we can help influence them back to a balanced state. But the one really peculiar thing that I, I found very interesting 
when I was reading through the classic Suen specifically, there's a, there's a chapter on misleading piercing, which is this idea that you can affect something from a very distal area. Right. And there's a lot of dynamics with point work and stuff like that. That's done with needles. But again, my expertise is not in point work and needles. It's in understanding the feeling in the meridians and correcting that sort of harmonious movement inside. And the interesting thing here is that when we use distal areas, sometimes that's where the actual disorder is, even though it's reflecting somewhere else in the body, right? If you've looked at some of the other forms of body work, like there's these whole systems where people get focused on all these fascial connections in the body, right? Which can pretty much mean like anywhere else on the body can affect anywhere else on the body just due to the tensegrity of all the, the fascial connections within the body. It's kind of the same concept, except for we're talking in Chinese medicine terms. So we're more interested in movements and how movements are being inhibited as opposed to the physical connections of the body. So I was always intrigued with this because I had some teacher point out to me that he had once corrected an issue in the neck by touching a spot on the foot. I understand the dynamics that if you have too much excitement above, if you, you know, work the lower legs, you can start to bring some of that movement down into the body and it will balance it that way. But what I'm talking about here is a little more specific. And the way it's described in the classics is very interesting. So they talk about, they call it strange diseases, but of course, not being a speaker from that time and dealing with translations, I'm not 100% what is meant by strange diseases, but just going through the context of what they're explaining, to me, it seems like maybe they mean strange in that like, the issue isn't where the issue is. So if we get these things stuck in these layers between the channels and the skin, it can cause disruption in the channel, right? The direct description of how this is being done isn't real strongly given. I can make some assumptions here. You know, it takes resources to hold something in place. So those resources are being diverted to stop that from moving inward. And as those resources are being diverted, they're probably being pulled from some other place, right? This would be the way I would think about it to describe why it's being distorted in another area. So what they talk about is this strange movement. Um, so like in that instance I talked about, the person was complaining about pain in their neck from what I remember. And this would be the issue of like, if I went to go palpate and it explore the neck area, I wouldn't notice anything wrong in the channel systems, which I come across every once in a while where I'm like, I don't really notice a whole lot here, but this person's saying, this person's saying there's a, there's an issue in this area. But when I go to palpate it, I'm not getting in some sensations that there's some strong distortion there. And this is where it can be explained by, you know, if we use a neck, uh, say we'll use a channel system that moves through both those areas. So we could say the bladder channel, right? If there's a distortion in the ankle, that can reflect in the neck. And the even more peculiar thing about this, this idea of misleading piercing that 
that's in the classics, is they say, if the distortion they're feeling but isn't in the channel, say is in the neck on their left side, this real distortion is probably in the ankle on the right side, right? In this specific example. You obviously are gonna have to explore the channels to find out where the real distortion is kind of sitting. But I just wanted to bring that up because I don't think this aspect of, of Chinese medicine is talked about very much or I haven't ran across it very much. Um, but I think it can help explain a lot of things as to why we explore the whole body and the benefits that might come from using this sort of medicine as opposed to something that's going to just focus on the area of complaint. I know this this podcast was a little shorter than the others, but I just kind of wanted to share the information. I ran across it. I thought it was interesting. If I think it's interesting, somebody else out there probably thinks it's interesting. And again, I'm always just trying to give people a different way to look at their body, especially through this lens of Chinese medicine and the, the motions within our bodies and how maybe we can view the body in multiple ways to find the correct path for healing for each, for ourselves, for our friends, right? There doesn't have to be one defined path. I always liked the um, analogy of trying to get to the top of a mountain, right? You could take the long winding path. You could take the direct straight path up the mountain, right? They all get you to the same place, but the experience of getting there and how we got there was different. And I like to think about medicine that way. Like I like to think that everyone kind of has a path they're offering and not every path is right for everyone. But some paths are worth exploring. So I hope in some way that helped maybe bring some enlightenment to an issue or an experience you had or gives you a new hope and something maybe you're dealing with that haven't had much positive movement with. As always, I'm never quite sure when I'm going to feel motivated to share something with with the world so they can decide if I'm right or wrong. But I do hope that whenever I decide to speak again, you'll come along for the journey. I do have an idea of exploring kind of the spiritual side of things. I do have a strong love for Aikido and was listening to uh, Morihei Oeshiba or Osensei as he's known in the Aikido circles. There's a book written on some of his sayings called The Art of Peace. And in it, I realized there was a lot of stuff in there regarding spiritual contexts. And I think that applies a lot to Chinese medicine, especially because they're always talking about getting the spirit in order, either both from the receiver's aspect and the giver's aspect. So both of us need to bring our spirit into the practice to get the results we're looking to get. And I wanted to explore some of those writings and just kind of reflect on them and see if I can make connections between, you know, some spiritual statements and Chinese medicine. So if that sounds interesting, keep your eyes and ears open for whenever I go ahead and record that one. But until we meet again, and as always, I hope you have a great time. Enjoy yourself. Thanks.